You're listening to The Enlightened Working Class, where two middle-aged, London-born and bred men discuss a whole range of issues relating to society, money, religion, sport, race, gender and the universe and everything else under the sun from a working class perspective. Okay, we'll have a follow-on from, from last week. You know, I heard you've been up and down the country lecturing, t- telling people about the ready eye, getting the glad eye. I heard you were heckled once. No. And no. you told the heckler to jog on. Uh, I wasn't heckled, Dunk. I think that's a, that's a, that's a malicious rumour going around. No one, no, one, uh, no one heckles me when I'm lecturing, mate. I'll tell you that. Okay, so we learned a bit about um, about you and a bit about me. We learned that I was formerly a police officer. Yes, we did. Which I was. Old Bill, don't. Old Bill. Old Bill. Old Bill, as I, as I said. So I thought the way we could start is I would crack on and maybe I'll, I'll give you a little excerpt of my police memoir, uh, which talks about when I left the police force. And it will also cover some of the issues we're going to discuss today. So I believe that policing is our topic. How long was it since you left the police force, Don? Well, here we go. I'm straight into it. Okay. I left the police force in 1999 and with a new baby on the way and a new partner, I moved into a flat in northwest London's Kensal Rise, under half a mile from where I'd grown up. I knew the area well. Lots of my school friends were from Kensal Rise and I'd intermittently hung around there as a teenager. The area could once have been described as being the most densely populated West Indian heritage residential area in the whole of the country. But in 1999, that was changing. The West Indian population was slowly moving out as property prices rose and being replaced by mainly white middle-class professionals. Today, it's almost unrecognisable. Described as the mystical it place to live in London, it featured heavily in magazine and newspaper articles and there was a buzz about the place. The rush hour people getting off at the Bakerloo Line station in nearby Kensal Green highlighted the demographic changes that have taken place in the area. They're almost solely young, white, middle-class professionals. I think they've even changed the name of the area, as what was once known as the Rise, they now call Kensal. In 2005, Kensal Rise came to national attention for a different reason, when a young white solicitor, Tom App Reese Price, was robbed and murdered in College Road after leaving the station. The two murderers received life sentences, one of whose fathers I went to school with and was in the year above me. I knew the father well, as I'd had a successful fight with him at school. He was threatening in appearance, but big, slow and particularly stupid, to such a degree that he later managed to rob his local corner shop at gunpoint, whilst conveniently forgetting that they knew him. He'd been buying his paper there every morning for years. He received a five-year stretch for armed robbery, but probably would have got life if idiocy was a crime. A true moron and treated as such by all the switched-on black guys at school. What a legacy he managed to leave. However, let's get back to 1999. In 1999, the gentrification process was only in its halfway phase. The area was then what they liked to refer to as edgy, which basically means there's still a few bad characters about, thieves, criminals and drug dealers, hanging around to bother the general populace as they go about their daily business. In truth, Kensal Rise is still edgy to a certain degree. They've got their own youth street gang, the KGB, 
who take their allotted place in the pantheon of the gangs of the capital and end up in feuds with rivals in places like the Young Offenders Institute at Felton. But back in 1999, there was something more than edginess to the area. Some years earlier, the police had moved on the street crack dealers from nearby Harrow Road's Mozart estate, known in the press as Crack City, and some of them had taken up residence in a street in Kensal Rise. Station Terrace is the road next to Kensal Rise, Kensal Rise's overground station, the station that caters for what was then known as the North London Line. It's also where a lot of the 52 and number 6 buses stop and turn around if they're not going on to Willsland Garage. Nowadays, it has a few more residential houses, some converted from unsuccessful shops. Then, it had a minicab, a minicab firm, a Caribbean takeaway, a long-standing black barber, an illegal drinker, a Shabin, some cafes and a nearby 24-hour convenience store, which is now Tesco's. In the present day, it hasn't actually changed much, except for one thing. The crack dealers who supplied in the street in 1999 have gone. Yet they weren't there for just a year. They were probably there for about eight years. I remember when I was on the drug squad, we arrested one of the more successful ones back in 1995. So for nearly a decade, one street in Kensal Rise was plagued by crack dealers and all the associated criminality that it brings. So let's pose a question. How do you solve problems like that? What it takes is for a community, in partnership with the police and other social agencies, including the local council, to at first acknowledge that there is a problem worthy of attention. Once this is done and agreed upon, all the agencies then meet together and work together to provide a solution. The council, after sufficient warnings and consultation, cracks down on any premises that contribute to the problem. Lighting is improved in the area, security cameras are introduced, rubbish is collected on times. These days it's even easier. Parking regulations are specifically enforced, not just for financial gain. The area is tidied up, but public consultation is most important and specifically sought. It's probably the crucial factor. Once the problem is made clear and highlighted, with relevant crime statistics showing its extent, the local community gets behind you and realises that change is indeed possible and is obviously desirable. You publicise this in the local media. You liaise with the courts and the probation service. You tune them up. You then operate a zero-tolerance policing policy and you set in place the more covert methods of policing to identify and arrest the dealers and remove the problem. It's really not that difficult and it's only indifference that allows the problem to fester in the first place. No, let's continue with 1999. This was probably the middle of the era of the crack dealers of Station Terrace. I've often wondered if you're the elected local councillor for the area, if you're elected to represent the residents of that area, how you can wander around and observe the problem going on without doing anything about it. It's absolutely scandalous. If you don't see it, then you are literally and morally blind and not fit for the job. If you don't attempt to do anything about it, then you are negligent. The same, to a lesser extent, goes for a local MP. You have to be on the case with things. So what are the problems? Funding is the big one, especially for the police force. It costs money to mount these operations. In our present cash-strapped police service with cutbacks everywhere, it may be a problem to initiate operations like the one I'm suggesting. But the end result is more crime, more problems, and more cost to everyone. It's ultimately self-defeating. I'll finish by telling you what happened to the near decade of the crack dealers of Station Terrace. It wasn't a community-based operation or anything like that. After years of the local residents putting up with harassment, crime and antisocial behaviour, 
a defining incident took place. Seven people were shot in one night. The problem had become such that the police were forced into action. 150 officers descended on the road in a massive raid. But let's be honest, it should never have come to that. In effect, the crack dealers solved themselves. What a nonsense it all was. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. That's the sound of the police. That's the sound of the beast. A lot of food for thought there. Um, that's so the first thing I want to jump in and pick up on is you talked a lot about the criminals there. You talked a lot about the crack dealers. You talked about solutions that involve the council, the MP. I know you, you even had a pop at, at those politicians. And, you know, I'm not here to defend politicians, but, you know, there's sometimes a limit to what they can do. You um, you had a pop at various things in it. What I find very interesting is that there's no mention of the demand right you've got young people who often are being exploited <clears throat> you know some of these things are are literally safeguarding issues some of these, these young people who get caught up in all this out there selling whether it be crack coke whatever in gentrified kensal rise and uh there's one really important element that's at the bottom of all this from my perspective and that's people want to buy that stuff and if we are going to talk about this, then it seems to me, and as I say, we will get onto the police, you know, an awful lot of time is spent on arresting young people, um, criminalising young people, as I say, some of whom are literally victims, whereas there are adults, responsible people, rich people, well-to-do people, respectable people even, who are fueling this market. You take them out and it's the end of the market. What say you, Dunk? I don't disagree with you on that issue. Um, what, I, what I would say, though, is that there's a difference um, in the cocaine market to the crack cocaine market. Bear, bear um, shout, bear shout. No, you, 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 co crack cocaine is generally, at that time, it seems to have like declined in popularity, mm -hmm. strangely. Now, I, mm -hmm. I don't want to get into the history of crack cocaine. Yeah. Um, I know there's a... There's, there's a kind of conspiracy theory about which may or may not be true. But crack cocaine is, is the intense hit. It's the, the desperados usually, crack and heroin going together. Um, what I didn't mention in, 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 in that excerpt was that before that I had served on a, on, a, on a police operation called Operation Welling. Now, Operation Welling was the King's Cross um, um, drugs operation, long-running for a couple of years now, King's Cross in the in the 90s, in the early 90s, was possibly the worst area in London. Um, drugs, associated crime, prostitution. Prostitution. Um, it's, you know, it's, you see it in films. Um, and what they did there, which which was the, um, which is what I was I was hinting. I actually put a line through that because I thought we wouldn't understand it. Um, what I was hinting at was the operation that they had there. Utilised all those agencies. And it was a, you would say it's a major success um, in, in something that was viewed for many years as being um, uh, you know an impossible problem. And you look at King's Cross now. I don't know if you've been down there recently. It's a yeah. fabulous area. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean it does it does help. They regenerated it and they built yeah. all that stuff behind the station. Yeah. Um, but my point is, it's is basically it's a question of will. Um, do we have the will to do things? 
um, and how are we going to look at things? If you, if you want to talk about, you know, the drug users themselves, yeah, yeah, there is a difference between you, you, cocaine is was traditionally the uh, after dinner drug, wasn't it, for the middle classes, for celebrities, etc. When it was expensive, mm -hmm. then it became affordable. Mm -hmm. People would people would take it to um, keep them going on drinking sessions, mm -hmm. um, which is probably where things, we are now. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, we, you know, it's another issue, but we could we could look um, well, we I, could we could look we could look at how we how we view controlled drugs. Because I, I, but 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 I mean, I think that's a completely did, different. Did I not issue. answer the question? Then? No, no, no. no you, you did yeah. you did answer the question to an extent. I mean, that controlled drugs. I mean, that's another subject for another day, which I'm sure we'll do. But I I would wager a fiver probably that even if you go down to nice, new, sparkly, pretty Kings Cross. And you went into the pubs and the bars that they got down there, and if I don't know what, what whether there's a nightclub scene or whatever down there, and you did the old test on the toilet seats, yeah, and on the and on the and on the, the, the where you wash your hands, all that, you'd probably find a lot of cocaine traces on there. Yeah. So all of this stuff is cosmetic, you know. There are people supplying those well-to-do rich individuals in their penthouses and their pretty whatever, whatever. And all I'm saying is, and I'm not, I'm not trying to disagree with you, and I really do like the idea of it being holistic, because I've got another point about that. But I just think the police and the approach to policing never focuses on that demand side. It's the same with prostitution, isn't it? Yeah. Let's do the let's do the, the women again, often exploited, often from the from the lower ends of society, the struggling people. Let's lock them up and let's not pick up all the rich blokes driving down doing their thing and, and, and do you know what I mean and I just think yeah. well, I'm just I'm just I, I got a simple in. answer to this if okay. you want to hear it yeah go for it um, you're, you're right the police or not the police individually but the police as a, as a organisation they don't care about it and the reason they don't care about drugs anyway is because it's not reported crime Right, you, no one. If you take drugs, that's not a reported crime. It's, it's all statistic related. The reason why they, you have operations against the street drug dealers yeah. is because of the associated criminality. I, did I read at the end that seven people were shot in one night? Yeah, that's the did. only reason. Yeah. So yeah. all this that goes on, yeah. no, they don't care about it. Yeah, but you, but 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 you, but, we as society don't but, care, and but, they're, they're so stretched. But Dunk, you're you're presenting to me, and you've packaged it up, and you put a nice ribbon on it. That there you go. It's about holistic. It's about the council. It's about this. It's yeah. about that. We all got to come together and we got to kumbaya and make it happen. And I'm just saying to you that that surely that is a fundamental element because because if you can take that element out, why am I going to be a crack dealer? Yeah. Well, not crack. As you, I take your point about crack and, and being a, a slightly lower class drug, if you like. But why am I going to have county lines selling cocaine if the people who are going to buy the cocaine are scared? And under pressure and being intimidated by police operations which focus on them and mess up their lives, their wonderful lives as a, as a great lawyer earning, you know, £100,000 a month or whatever. If if, the, if that focus changes, presumably, I don't know, presumably you... It's the same with white-collar crime, isn't it, more generally? I know we want to get into police. I just want to make one more tiny little point on that subject that, and, and on the back of your, 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 your beautiful little soliloquy there. Um, and it's that point about communities have a role to play in this actually literal people and one of the issues we have in london and I'm, I, I suspect in other parts of the country as well and probably less so in 1999 but certainly now is the transient nature of communities and the way people are moving because people's got to know what's going on on their doorstep they've got to know who it is 
and they've got to shop them if that's what it comes down to. They've got to own their areas a bit more. Let's go with that title, shall we? No justice, no peace, no fascist police. Do you like the sound of that, Dom? It's like a poem, isn't it? So that's the that's the chant that we see at these um, when the police are perceived to have done something wrong. And the question we're going to ask is: Are the police getting a raw deal? Are they doing that much wrong these days? This isn't the seventies or the eighties. Um, the sus law no longer exists. Does policing, in its traditional sense, exist in the same way? Are the police um, still seen, still seen, if they were seen that way, which they probably were, to be honest, as a as a as a racist institution? Um, we're going to explore a few of these uh, these type of issues. Um, I thought I'd start with a little conversation that I had. Um, okay, the Christmas before last, I was talking to a a biracial girl of 25, um, Afro-Caribbean and white who'd grown up in a very multicultural part of London, gone to a multiracial school, and I asked her if she thought if she thought it was still racism in London. Absolutely, she replied. What about at your school, I asked. No, not at my school, but everywhere else. What about the police? Do you think the police are still racist, I said? A hundred percent. It is even in question. Can you give me an example, I asked. She straight away said, look at all those stabbings that happened over Christmas. It's obvious they happen because police don't patrol in those areas. They put all their resources into looking after the areas with money. Police racism caused those stabbings. You believe that, I asked. Of course, she said, which I thought was interesting and left it at that. And it was interesting to someone of a different era. It used to be that intensive policing was the cause of problems in a community. Too much stop and search. Now, it's not enough of it. Even David Lammy, the Tottenham MP, is suggesting the same. Or is he? You got any thoughts on that, Pass? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's very complex. I mean, I think it's a very um, strange thing in some respects for someone to blame the police for the spate of stabbings we've had in London um, by young people. Uh, I suppose you could argue that there's, to some extent they, 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 they have um, a role a role to play and, and and contribute to what is ultimately an extremely complex problem. I think that's the bottom line and that there are so many dimensions to it and we tend to try and approach it as if we want some kind of silver bullet panacea. It's the police, it's the parents, it's the council. Actually, it's a bit of all of that and it's also to do with the changing nature of society. It's to do with the things we just talked about, about county lines, about it's big business. Obviously, someone's going to come into it. So I find that strange. But what I, I want to touch on is this idea of um, stop and search um, because I actually don't have a problem with stop and search. Interestingly enough, I've not really ever been stopped and searched by the police and I know um, you know it's a it's a big cry for, for black men not just young black men yeah. black men of my age and I, I you know I've been fortunate I think because I believe it and I know the stories and I hear the stories and I know it from people that I'm close to and I know lots of people have the only time I ever got stopped and searched I was about 16 17 I came out of a young lady's house in Wilson got into Wilson High Road Ran onto the uh, number eight bus, it was then. <clears throat> it was about uh, six o'clock in the morning. Uh, bus stops, I hear all these sirens. 
I'm up looking out the window, looking for the action. What's going on? Who's been nicked? Whatever, whatever. <laughs> and I was the action. So the police have come on and they've, they've done the classic story. Someone's been burgled and someone fit in your description. Yeah. So they brought me, I've, I've said where I was, they brought me around, woke the girl's mum up, really embarrassing, really bad. Anyway, it turns out I had an alibi. And and the, 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 the abiding memory for me from that... Did they search you? Yes, they did search me. Okay. The abiding memory from not not in a not in an intrusive way. They just sort of patted me down and everything. Because I first let's check the alibi. The abiding memory. The senior officer of that group. He was so apologetic, and what he actually did, he brought me round to my house. He insisted on speaking to my parents and apologising for what had happened. Now that's my closest call with the police you know 50 odd years and I hear all these stories and I believe all these stories but that's that's my, my part of it well, you, you would say I mean I would say that's good policing it is good that's, that's why I'm that's why I'm telling the story in contrast to the stories that I hear and, and probably more intense now than ever where there's, it's just not evidence based it's not intelligence led they, they, they know who the bad guys are I believe more often than not but it seems like people who ain't got nothing to do with it right. are getting profiled and they're getting caught up in it and this just breeds resentment and, and becomes part of the problem rather than part of the solution okay so we would say the problem with stop and search is not it's who they stop and search exactly so you're stopping people that are just going about their daily business um and this we would say in the, and, in the, and, in the black community and the numbers the supports that yeah. argument <clears throat> in, in the black community i mean stop and search itself this is the reason behind it you have to have grounds you have to have proper grounds yeah, uh, suspicious but, behavior or whatever yeah. that um that a search is warranted and you can search for specific items yeah but um but, but, but and then yeah well, well how are you how are you spell? i don't know if it's changed um then you'll have to you have to make a record of the search yeah that record would be then logged in the police station yeah and the person who had been searched would have a uh, entitlement to a copy of that record. Now, we're kind of going beyond ourselves here because I've got a few thoughts on this uh, on, on this issue that I, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd go through them at the end um, rather than now. Um, so maybe we should just continue with a, with a, yeah, with a conversation. I just want to add one other thing about the stop and search because you now have, as a result of the, the stabbings up, I can't, is it called a section 60? Yeah. Where they can just put a blanket on an area and, and again, you know, let's be absolutely crystal clear. I am 100% in support of uh, stopping and searching people who you suspect might be wrong -uns. And in my utopian world, however it looks, you're going to have the police and you're going to have that power and you're going to do it when it needs doing. But if you think about the implications of you doing it too regularly to too many people who aren't wrong -uns, it just don't make sense, does it? Yeah, I'm. No, let's. I've got. I've got a few thoughts on this matter, so we'll actually discuss them now. Um, I think a lot of the, a lot of the time, the problem, um, or one of the problems, is um, is the engagement, the initial engagement between the the, the youth yeah. or you like and the police officer, um, and I think a lot of these problems can be. Um, um, reduced by the terms of the rules of engagement now what i would suggest would be a, a good idea in in this um situation or in, in general let's learn at school 
what what your what what your rights are, what the law is, and how to talk to police officers. Um, police officers unlikely to search someone, or is less likely to search someone illegally if they are clear about the law. People, you've got a lot of people that go, oh, you can't do that. They don't know what they're talking about. If you teach it in school, teach how to talk to police officers. Um, reduce the barriers here. Um, and I think that would go some way into to, yeah, to, but, to, but, to but, reducing uh, reducing but, attention. But Dunk, my point is one of the biggest barriers is a self-made barrier. Because before you even get to people being rational about it, they've heard the story. They know Duane down the road or Charlie up the road who's been stopped 15 times on his bike, <clears throat> excuse me, doing his paper round, riding off to university, and he feels, because I'm a black guy, I'm getting stopped. So immediately, once once that starts filtering into society, into the community, you've got barriers coming up, you've got attitude coming yeah. up before anything happens. You, you, you have, you have passed, but it's not a perfect world. I you can, you can, You can, nothing is ever perfect. You can only do your best uh, to try and make things better. Now, what you're saying now, I mean, it's 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 the classic thing, isn't it? Um, black youth stopped um, disproportionately. Um, is it to, policing is all about stereotyping? You're making assumptions, looking at people, looking at certain behaviour. Now, th this leads us into the issue of um, a, a mainly white police force um, policing a multiracial society. Should should the police force uh, reflect the society it polices? Because this is how I would see the problem. Say you come from a say you come from a, a purely kind of white white part of the country. Um, you come down to London. As join the police force, you operate there. You deal with all sorts of criminals and things like that. You go home to your white family, and you see you've got your white friends, normal people having a normal life. But you haven't got any black friends, so you don't get that. Um, you don't see the normal black people, and you start to have a skewed opinion, and you're thinking they're all criminals. And I think that's that's one of the big issues in policing. Well, I'm not, you know, I'm not. But saying that this was in the past because yeah. we, are, we, you know, we have got the internet these days. Things yeah, have changed exactly, massively. I'm just exactly. saying. And you and you watch EastEnders and you see black people doing stuff, and your favourite footballer is. Theory on real, whatever. Yeah, but still, you get those, you get those, those moments of interaction, and um, which which are defining because you can watch everything you like on yeah, TV. Yeah, but yeah, when you yeah, when you're dealing with it yeah. with yourself and yeah. the, and the, uh, emotions See, are flying around, I, it's very different. I, I understand that, but I I I I I think it's something more to do with something like uh, something called, I should say, cognitive dissonance. It's a big word, right? Two big words. I like them. Anyway, so what it is is that. I go on the underground in the morning, I get up, I put my suit on, put my shirt, tie, whatever. I'm walking down the street, sorry, walking in the underground, and there's white women who are secretaries who earn a fraction of what I earn, who are, to be blunt, nobodies to me. I couldn't give less of a toss about them, grabbing their handbags. Like, I'm interested in stealing their handbags, right? Now, to me, that's 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 rude. It's intimidatory. And to me, they look at me, they don't see my shirt, they don't see my suit, they don't see my tie, they don't see my expensive watch. They don't see the fact that I am probably earning a lot more than them and I'm just an ordinary guy going to work. What they see is my skin colour. 
And and as soon as they see that, they lose all sense of anything else. They might have had a bad experience. Their nan might have got mugged by a black guy four years ago. I don't know. But I don't walk down the street with my daughter holding her hand, my little eight-year-old, and see a Catholic priest and go, oh my God, it's a paedophile. Do I? Because I've, you know, I've heard that Catholic priests are paedophiles, but I, can, I may, I, I'm able to discern the reality of the situation from what I might have heard, read, seen on telly, been told about my mates. And I think there's a lot of that that actually goes on. It's a lot of like the the, the yeah, stop and search, made, really simple. Yeah. Hey, intelligence followed. You should be stop. You you've got CCTV cameras. You in the local areas, the police officers often know who the who the people are. Yeah, right. And they should be focused on getting that right because anything else creates damage in society. Yeah, I, well, I think they're more and more um, inclined that way. Um, I well, the numbers, as I say, the numbers. I ain't got them in front of me, but I think there's this is this is one of the arguments that comes back. Let's have a look at. How many people you stop and how many people you do? You're getting it wrong. You know, if you stop 100 people and you only do six of them, there's something wrong, it seems to me. And that's 94 people. Well, yeah, but you know, you know what? You, you think about this. What I was saying with this teaching this in schools, all right, it's the initial confrontation. Uh, the initial, uh, not confrontation, the initial. I, I get that. So what happens is. If you understand the law, we're all citizens. It applies, you know, a lot of the powers of police have got a normal citizen can um, exercise. Um, if you understand these things, your dialogue there can often allay any search, you know. And if, if you're not retreating into like um, into, into stereotypical behavior and you're going, well, hang on a second, I was doing this because of that. I explain what I'm doing exactly. I'm going here, I'm going to see my auntie and all that. I'm not doing what you, what you thought I was doing. I was looking at the, at the I was looking at my reflection in the car mirror. I wasn't looking to try to steal this stereo, mm -hmm. you know. And I think if you're authentic with that, you say I understand where your problem is. That um, you've got a dialogue. Um, it's not shrouded in mystery why you're being searched. You know, it's clear, so clear. Transparency. You must be transparent in society. It's like I always think with crime. Be transparent. Let everyone see what the problems are. See what the problems are. Then we take, we 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 work as um as a community to solve them. Policing should never be them and us. It's about the community. What do we want? How do we want to live? Should our children going to school be safe? This is I always say. This is the difference in um policing by consent. Don't we? Yeah, absolutely. This is so the Robert Peel. This is the difference in um in the working class and middle class lifestyle um, for school kids in my opinion is that when you're going to school and you're at school you don't have to continually think about your safety you don't have to to to, to watch out for things you can just be happy as Larry wander down the road with your head just be look at the look at the birds and look at the parakeets <laughs> yeah and the trees and, and like that. You don't want to be going to school thinking if I if I turn down that street, I'm going to be in trouble. Look at him. I've got to watch it there. You know, this is the difference. And you're not free. That freedom. Exactly. So that's what we don't want. That do we? We want people to be free, like to lead a safe life. It just depends how far we're going to go um, in maybe in suppressing liberties to 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 get to the end.
another thing you mentioned uh, when you were just talking about, you were talking about how police forces look and how reflective they are of society, because this is also an issue, I suppose. Although I think there's a certain kind of person uh, who's going to be cut out to be a police officer. Not in all cases, but I just feel like there's a certain kind of... I mean, I can't imagine me ever, ever wanting to be a police officer, even though I, I get policing and I, and I need police, and I think it's, it's, it's fundamental. Okay. Part. What type of person do you think that is? I think it's often either overtly or kind of um, hidden in their subconscious somewhere. Someone who's almost kind of like a bit militaristic, uh, lacks a bit of authority, um, either giving it or being part of it. Um, I hesitate to say this, but I, I'm just going to be honest. You know, I think there is a level of which there's going to be some people who got a few few slaps at school got a bit bullied and one one i know that's a that's a that's a terrible thing to say but i just i'm just being honest you know i think there there is often some of that but just in general i just think well, it's a certain kind of person yeah i i think there is that sort of person but i think there's another sort of person as well yeah what about the person that sees someone being bullied and confronts the bully that no yeah. one else is doing anything about yeah and yeah. thinks that that is unjust and wants that person to 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 have a reasonable life and wants things to be fair in society. I think there's also that person. Probably. Um, let me ask you a question. Yeah. So we we talked there just briefly about the um, militaristic, um, you know, regimented yeah, type of guy. That's the word I was talking for regimented. Um, likes likes power, likes control. What about the black police officers? How do you see them in this? Well, um, well, well, that's in, what I'm saying. That, with that viewpoint, do you uh, see them I'm like saying, that? Yeah, what I'm saying. What I'm saying. I'm, I'm I'm making a sweeping generalization, which obviously not everyone who goes in there is like that. But I'm saying that just like, you know, so there will be black people, just like that. There'll be black people like that. There'll be Asian people like that. There'll be gay people like that. There'll be women like that. So. It, it's not to do with your ethnic origin or or, or, or any of your particular, um, you know, makeup. It's to do with a, a kind of mentality, a kind of person. Yeah, yeah. I I, I, I like where you're going with this, but I, I don't agree with it that's, at all. That's, actually, that's fine. Um, that's so cool. what, the people who the people who like to see a just and fair society. What field do they go into? Do they, well, what are they, do they become barristers no, or lawyers? No, they obviously become politicians, uh, don't they? All our politicians uh, are, um, yeah. are up there. No, well, but, I, I don't see it like no, this. No, no, no. Look, let, let, look, all right, look, all right, let, me, let, me put, let me put it to you another way, right? Since you said you disagree with me, because I don't really like that. So, social workers. Yeah. Do you think someone who has either a pen up or an over sense of authoritarianism likes a regimented life has a as as a militaristic outlook on how the world should be do you think they sign up to be a social worker no exactly thank it, you exactly what qed let's let's get <laughs> let's get back to the black police officers shall we okay all right so you've got black social workers by the way yeah no, i know I'm just saying um, more than the police just saying sorry go on Doc. The black police officer, um, in in my experience, um, generally, you know, they've got more to them than the white police officers. They've had to go through more. It's very difficult in the past to do that job. You're, you're demonised by your own community. Mm -hmm. Demonised. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, as a white police officer, I um, 
I was demonised by my local community to certain degree. It must be a million times it worse. Me, it wasn't me. Must be a w- million times worse of your. I punk. never said nothing. You're, so you're demonised by your own community. You're called a coconut, etc. Some people like that sort of thing, don't. Called a coconut, and so on. And then you're working in a white police force where also these things can happen to you. You Some know, people like bad that things can happen thing. to you. I've been on. I've been on like. Um, <laughs> I've been on. I've seen a few things, and you're going, "Wow, this is shocking." Mm-hmm. Um, I've been on a on a parade briefing where they were talking about um, a group of street robbers, um, referred to them as a bunch of naughty spades. Yeah, you got a black police officer in the briefing, and they suddenly look around and go, "Oops, didn't see you there." Yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's very difficult. You've got to think if this is how people are seeing things. How can yeah. I rely on these people when it when it comes to situation? Yeah, um, generally you can rely on most people in in that because there is a sort of there is that the police brotherhood, yes. um, you know, which which can have negative connotations, but it's also like good mm-hmm. connotations. But it certainly wasn't easy. It's a very difficult thing to do, and I think the the black police officers I've I've you know, known have had some extra integrity. They're very impressive. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, and um, so we've got we've got the police force at the moment. They've increased the the the, the number the number of non-white officers, but proportionately, it's still like miles away. It's like ten percent, where it should be forty percent, something with, like that. Yeah, exactly. So you know, but on the on the, I think I think the Met at the moment are saying you know a welcoming um, ethnic minority, if you want to call it that, in London, which I'm not quite sure it is at the moment. Uh, officers with open arms, but they're not getting them. Yeah, and and it, go, and it goes back to what I was just talking to you about. Why are you going to join? And what you were talking about, actually. Why are you going to join a police force which you've just admitted does all these things, which I know they do anyway? Well, they're, you... they're getting better. They're getting well, better. Well, yeah. But, you know, yeah. of course they exist, but they are <clears throat> yeah. getting better. And you know, I know, I know all the kind of racial stereotypes. Yeah, he's a, you know, yeah. a black guy. He's not like them. He's he's all right. You know, yeah. which means he's like yeah. a white man. Yeah, exactly. Um, but they're, and, they're, and, they're, they're and, a lot better than they and, were. And and as I said, some black people like that. That's what they join it for. They no, want to no, be no, for. No. Oh, I'm not like I, you know. I, 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 I don't see that for that. Yeah, but you might not see it, Dunk. But I'm just telling you that it is. You I, know, for some people, that's a bonus. They want they they want to disassociate them. You know, there are black people who yeah, hate but, themselves. Yeah, there's, there's people like that in every field. Exactly. They say there's more. They say there's more psychopaths that are um, politicians and uh, barristers and anything else. You know, for quite, example. Quite possibly, I'm not. So we can we cannot we can bandy these things around. Yeah, however. Yeah, yeah, but 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 you're talking from your personal experience, and I'm talking from my personal experience. And clearly, there are um, there are black there, and clearly there. <laughs> Clearly, there are black people who are comfortable, even if it means they're going to put up with some stick in being on that side of the fence and being part of that situation. And but but that's not really my 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 my, my big point. My big point is that actually it's a certain type of person who who probably wants to join the police force. That's that's my point. Whether they're black mm. or they're white or whatever they are, yeah, I, just like with my point about social workers. I, I think you're right, but there's the, the the proportion of it is not as big as you think. I think there's a lot of people that want to see fairness and justice in society, and that's why they join. All right, and, they, and it's a vision of a better world. It's a very idealistic job. Okay, you know, you get this in, in a lot of these films. They go after they've been corrupted or whatever. They say, "Why did you join?" It was what was it? Um, what was it? L.A. Confidential. Um, you've got Kevin Spacey's character, and oh, he's, yeah, finally, that's a good he's, example, finally, he's finally doing something good. And he said, "Why did you join the force?" And he goes, "I can't remember." And that's what happens. The job corrupts you. I don't know if the corruption is there 
well, cor- yeah. so can corrupt you would be a better word for it. Yeah. I don't know if it's there in the first place. I see these young guys, I used to see these young guys come out of training school, idealistic, want to help everyone, really like smiling all that two years later into the job, they're cynical as could be. It's worn them out, it's worn them out, the continual confrontation. Bad boys, bad boys, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? You say you don't see police officers in the street. You don't see them on the street at all because the police stations are closing. Right. They've closed them all down. Why have they closed them down? Money. Austerity. Austerity. We're broke, Dunk. Someone's maxed out on a country's credit card. Yeah, absolutely. Austerity. There are no police. There is no police presence anymore in, in, in a lot of places. The police stations are closing down solely for the reason that they need to fund having police officers on the street. That's why they sell them. They sell them because of real estate in London. Mm-hmm. Um, Scotland Yard has gone. Scotland Yard. Luxury flats went for 370 million. Um, St. John's Wood gone for 8.6 million. Batsy, 6 million. Greenwich, 11 million. Rotherhide, 6.9 million. Now, they... You know what? Years ago, I wrote a, um, I wrote a spoof about policing, and it was a comedy. It was a comedy, and in in the comedy, they um, in in my world, they joined boroughs up to save money, and uh, they called it double borough policing. I just messed around a bit, you, you know. know joining that's happening now, right? It's treble borough yeah, now, yeah, and it's not a spoof. It's for real. Yeah, yeah. You know, so you got no police officers on yeah, the street. I yeah. see one borough commander for three boroughs. It's unbelievable, unbelievable. And look at look at Brent. You've got Kilburn, which is one of the busiest police stations in London. Well, that's going to be gone soon. And, and they say they say they tell us that um, you don't need uh, police stations because uh, people report crime differently. Well, the reason you, you report crime differently is because you can't queue up in this police station for three hours before well, it's you get. Not, some, no, to no, be no, fair, you. Dunk, it, I mean, no, no, no. It's 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 that's it's, not entirely. The, the reason why you know the world is changing and people will want to engage with uh, whether it be their bank or their council or to report a crime in a, in a, the, in a the digital only, way the only reason you report a crime these days is for insurance purposes you know I've had my car broken into twice recently I haven't even bothered what's the point what's the point you don't bother so yeah. no one bothers because no one cares so you've got people in the community that doesn't care about these things and you only care if they affect you directly and and with what we're seeing now in London is we're seeing this great divide between communities. It's the same thing you go back to, all, or I go back to, all the time. It's Dickensian. And I'll tell you what, you said you were talking about where you grew up, right? And you told me you went to that school in Harlesden. I can't remember what it's called. John Keeble. Right, so John Keeble's next to the convent of Jesus and Mary, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah. So you've got a convent and John Keeble, mainly black schools, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you might say 75% or something like that. That's what it looks like to me when I drive past there. Yeah. And across the road, you've got a private school, probably 90% white. It's cultural apartheid. And until some of these, some of the richer kids, the middle-class kids, start getting shot and robbed, then nothing will be done about this thing. <laughs> are you, are you advocating nothing... something here, Dom? Absolutely, <laughs> I'm not advocating that at all. Um, but it's, we've got cultural apartheid in London, you know? People do not care. They do not care. And it's indifference. It's indifference that causes these problems in the first place. So you get the old youth. They've got lacking, lacking positive role models, lacking various peers to talk to, listen, talking crap to each other. And this is, this, is how, this is how it develops. And one of the reasons for this, and I think this is the most short-sighted policy I've ever seen in my life, 
is this closure of uh, of police stations, cutting the numbers. Mm. And the funny thing is, the funny thing is, and I don't really want to make a like a party political um, meal out of this, but it's done by the party of law and order, mm -hmm. the Conservatives. And who shut all the police stations in austerity? Is it? It's Theresa May when she was Home Secretary. It's disgraceful. <laughs> and it's so short-sighted. And you wonder, supposing we have a, another riot like we did in, um, in uh, 2011, what were there, 3,000 people arrested? Mm -hmm. Where are you going to put all the prisoners? Yeah. Where are they going to go? All the police stations are closed. Yeah. You know? I'm sure they have Paddington's a... Paddington's closed. A the Harrow Road's closed. I'm sure they have a contingency plan for that, should should that occur. But, well, um, but what, I do what, take what is, Sorry, what is the contingency plan? Well, I don't Who's know. Gonna, but, is, but, is Capita going to look after well, them? Well, quite probably. I mean, look, I'm not... I'm, I'm the last person. I'm miles away from being here to justify government's policy around this. But... You could say we don't have a riot every day or even every year where we have 3,000 people arrested, blah, 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 blah. So there is a, a there is some logic if that's the argument you're going to use. However, as I say, I'm not here to, to defend it. And I do think I do think that the notion of community policing has been diminished. And 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 and, and in my humble opinion, that is a bad thing. Yeah, it's, it's super important super important yeah. you're in there in the community you're speaking to yeah. people you've got some local knowledge you're seen as a part of the community you're helping people yeah and it is, um, it's, I, I, I did you know see this thing sir robert peel where it actually says police are the public and the public are the police and it's called the the, the what's it the peelian principle of policing and that relates to the issue about it reflecting the community as in bme gay, you know, all kinds of people should be in the police, notwithstanding what I said earlier. But also, the police should be visible. The police should be the public, literally. They should be part of the public. And I think that makes a whole big different feel to how people um, experience policing. As I say, if the police are this, this mob that go whizzing past with their blues and twos blaring out, that's completely different than this could be someone that I just walk around the corner and I bump into every day of my life. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I have to be honest, I despair on this issue. I really do. I think it is laughable and it is so short-sighted. It okay. shows so, so short-sighted. And suddenly we go, wow, look at this terrible problem we have. And we're just leading towards it. Um, I'm amazed that um, the, the parliamentary opposition haven't hammered Theresa May on this issue. You know, this is it's disgraceful. There's a good chance now with um, the Brexit or non-Brexit or whatever's coming forward that we're gonna we're gonna have political violence in the Civil street. Unrest. Right? Civil it's unrest. Civil unrest. Very possible civil unrest the police are going to be even more stretched mm -hmm. apparently well you can see they're stretched to a breaking point you've got the terrorist issue mm -hmm. i've been told that there's like the equivalent of uh, the uh, greater manchester police in numbers looking at the terrorism issues now i don't know how many that is like between six and eight thousand or something like that mm -hmm. this is a massive drain you know yeah you know they talk about surveillance of people um to do effective surveillance on a on on someone, if you're going 24 hours, yeah, you'd, you'd say you'd need like a minimum of, of three teams. So you'd go three teams, uh, minimum of eight men, um, 
it's 24, 24 people per person, you know, yeah, this yeah. massive drains in, in society. And I think, again, we're not looking at certain things. There are more.